Good evening, everybody, and um, thank you so much for being here. My name is Edith Bowman. It is an absolute pleasure. I'm very honoured to be hosting this Q&A this evening, and I hope you all just took a moment to watch that wonderful introduction from Stacey. And yes, I am inspired and I am <laughs> relieved, like I'm sure millions of people are around the world at what's that happened over the last few days. Um, and this film, uh, to be able to have the opportunity to talk about it right now with the wonderful filmmakers, um, Liz Garbus and Lisa Cortez. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Um, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll get into the, the, the film in just a second, but but the impact that your film has had and the result that we've had over the last few days, what's your genuine emotion right now? Um, being in New York, both of you, to to what the you know what's happened over the last few days. Do you want to start, Lisa? Sure. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> we if uh, a week ago, uh, Liz and I were not smiling like this. Those <laughs> light beams emanating from our heads were, were not there. We were filled with great concern um, that our film could contribute to the important messaging of this history of voter suppression and how to fight voter suppression um, has, has been a, a great joy um, at this turning point. Um, and um, to have had the opportunity to work with Stacey Abrams in sharing this history um, that I feel as people became aware of for some, it, it certainly made them aware of this impact of, of the cyclical nature, but also where progress uh, can happen. Liz, what about for you? Um, well, you know, I think, um, you know, Lisa and I have done a lot with this um, film, and this is the first time, you know, post um, election results that we're doing it. Um, and it feels different. Obviously, um, those of us who are in uh, favor of democracy are, are pleased that the votes have been counted and um, that there may be a more democratic path forward. Um, you know, but there's also, um, you know, some concern, uh, you know, because, uh, we still have a massive problem of voter suppression in America. Um, and without, you know, a Senate majority, you know, we don't know yet. Um, you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is still sitting on the desk of Ms. Mitch McConnell. And the Republicans uh, really have decided that it is, you know, through voter suppression that they can maintain power. Um, so we still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> While I am joyful um, to see the results of Stacey's work in Georgia and the expansion of democracy to um, so many people of color, um, lower info and young voters who are finally engaged in the process. Um, I should say for people watching, uh, we would love to get your questions in as well. So if you have anything that you would like to ask Lisa or Liz, then please do get involved on the Q&A. And also just quickly to say that we have closed captions available. Uh, for the session and if you would also like to follow a live transcript of the Q&A there is a link in the chat uh, section of the Q&A this evening and um, I wanted to ask when you started thinking about this film where the seed came from who had the idea and when you decided to start telling this story which has got you know it's it's about history but it's also so much about the present and the future 
Yeah. Um, I think there, there's a quote that says the past isn't over. It's not even past. Um, and, and that's very much true. Um, the, the idea came from, you know, none other than Stacey Abrams herself. Um, after her gubernatorial campaign in 2018, in which she was unsuccessful um, at, uh, you know, reversing the voter suppression that was going on in Georgia and was, un, you know, w- was not able to win, instead of running for another office, like many people encouraged Stacey to do, run for the Senate, she decided to look at a system that was broken and look at how to fix it. Um, you know, she had already been working with the New Georgia Project, which was a, a voter registration organization in Georgia that she founded, and then she founded Fair Fight. Um, but, um, you know, outreach and um, telling the story of the fight for the right to vote was clearly part of what she wanted to do with her time. Mm-hmm. And she came to, to us to discuss making a film that tells this story. And as you mentioned, Edith and um you know, it is a story of our past, but our past is prologue to this to this very moment. Um, you can see the results of the kind of work that Stacey did in Georgia, expanding democracy, but you can also see the kinds of results um, in many other states where, you know, voter turnout is very low and people still face real obstacles to participating in our democracy. But it started with Stacey. That's where it all started. It's um, I, w- I wanted to ask if you had a, an idea when you had that conversation with her about what the how you would tell the story, you know, how you would get this film and the story to connect with people that it that it, it wasn't just a case of I mean, you know, the, the facts that you are, are unveiled in this that I didn't know about American history elements of it are, are kind of mind blowing, really. But to make this a. Uh, a really interesting documentary and for it to really hit home was it really immediate for you in terms of when you started speaking to people and deciding who you would speak to as well sorry there's a lot of questions in there but there's so much i want to know about this <laughs> you know when um we both met with stacy uh she talked about the the architecture of voter suppression mm-hmm. and um you know who gets to vote can you vote? Will your and will your vote be counted? And I think in that conversation and her unpacking of her personal and also the historical history, mm-hmm. that we had a great sense. You know, I think in terms of constructing the story, that it was not a story that could only live in the past. It was not a past tense story because what has happened and is happening with voter suppression is is a current weaponization and, and tactic being used. And so in constructing the story, that we, there was definitely an awareness that we would be looking at history, but that we were also looking for contemporary stories. Um, hence our time spent in Arizona mm-hmm. with the young people of Lucha um, and it's, you know, so interesting to see what has happened now in Arizona as a result of the coalition building and the outreach that organizations like Lucha have done to people who've been disenfranchised for quite some time. Um, and I think it's interesting was how Stacy's story grew as uh, a, a thread for us. Um, 
because we were not initially looking uh, to include as much of her history. Uh, but as we looked at the story and read her memoir that she was working on, it became evident that so much of her journey was emblematic of a historical journey of um, resistance um, and the pushback that happens, but also uh, the resilience, you know, that, that third act of the Phoenix rising. Um, Liz, is there, if you yeah, remember the rest of the questions. <laughs> I've got you know, plenty, I think, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that one of the things that I think it was um, one of our great historians that we include in the film, Carol Anderson, Professor Carol Anderson said, you can't understand Georgia 2018 unless you understand the Mississippi plan of 1890. And, you know, seeing those connections and for those who have seen the film, you'll know what I'm saying. Basically there are, you know, reconstruction was this moment where the, the franchise was ex expanded. You had black Americans, governors, black Americans going to Senate and then white power became frantic and passed all kinds of new laws. And the, the sort of the uh, shining star of this kind of voter suppression was the Mississippi plan of 1890. Cut to our modern era, Barack Obama is elected, more people voted in these elections than ever before. And then there was a contraction, Shelby County versus Holder, the Supreme Court decision. And then we see what happened in Georgia. So you can look at history as a kind of dialectical process um, always. And, um, you know, and I think that why is that important? It's important because when a person shows up at the polls and they're told they're not registered, even though they know for sure they registered and they think, oh, what did I do wrong? And they go home and they dis disenfranchise, disenfranchise. They can see it. No, it isn't something they did wrong. It was, it, it is part of a plan, frankly. And, um, and it's so it's really important for voters to understand their their place in history and to have the information that they need to to claim the ballot box again for themselves. Um, so I don't even know what the question was, where we started, or where we went. But it was that it was that something, you know, that 1890 Mississippi plan, the trajectory to the 2018 Georgia election was so fascinating for us. And it's really interesting what you say about Stacey's story, because I think that, you know, I always think that the, the 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 best stories are the true stories and those are where the best narratives come from. And the fact that you have even just pulling out a few examples of, of real life situations that she went through when she was a student and she went to the governor's house and she got off the bus with her mum and dad and she was faced with the security guard. You know, that's kind of, that's like something out of a film. You know, it's kind of this, but this happens to her in real life. She goes, she goes to vote and then suddenly she kind of is told that she's not on the she's not on the register again it's kind of this this happens to her and it's so great that her story is part of this narrative because you like you say it's almost run in parallel with the history of the suppression the and the racism that has been historic and has continued to this day yeah absolutely i mean as lisa and i were shaping the movie in the edit room, we were like, wait, this is a horror movie. It's like every time you think you've slayed that dragon, yeah. he arises with a different head. 
you know, and it may be um, a more bureaucratic head, it may be a more violent head, but it's the same dragon. And, you know, we have to keep slaying it. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was our feeling in looking at this film and sort of informed the structure of it as well. It says so much about Stacey's character from this. I mean, we I love watching her and I love seeing all that old footage of her as a student. She's, you know, she talks about being given like a limited time on that podium to do her speech. And um, but then even when you see that footage of her, when she goes to vote and she's told by this girl that she's not, you know, she's not eligible to vote and the composure that she holds, even in that situation. And I just think that we see the most wonderful human being uh, in the way that you've told the story. I just think that it's, if nothing else, and there is so much this film, I was saying earlier, I think that this should be part of the, the you know, the curriculum of, of the UK's history in terms of it being a way of us understanding the US history in a much better and more kind of empathetic way. Um, but what a wonderful character. Um, I wanted to ask what you learned about her in the journey that you both went on with her making this film. You know, I think one of the great joys in telling this history was to center it with the story of a black woman. Mm. You know, I think oftentimes when we're looking at American history, we start and stay with the purview of the founding fathers. And um, as we know, so much of the success uh, in this election comes from black women. You know, 91% of black women voted for the Biden-Harris ticket. And um, we have oftentimes um, been invisible and our contributions have not been um, recognized. Uh, and so to tell this history with this perspective to center black women's um, voices and as personified by Stacy is, is um, for me, especially, uh, something I've never had been able to do as a filmmaker um, with someone who is the epitome of, of she just does the work. And, it you know, what happened in Georgia is has nothing to was not like, you know, you just add water. It, it's the result of years of organizing and coalition building and making certain that communities who are oftentimes seen as and treated as being invisible are not only made visible, but are valued through the process. Les, did you want to pick up on that in terms of, I guess- what I mean, learned? how could I add to that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was so, I mean, I'll, I'll say something just personally about Stacy, which is, um, you know, I, I want to show my daughter, you know, every second of our uncut cut foot of our raw footage of Stacy, because her determination at a young age, mm -hmm. you know, as a as a student making a spreadsheet for everything she wanted to achieve in her life, right? You know, from when she would have her first boyfriend to when she would be running for president of the United States, right? Like the the determination and focus and confidence um, is just a beautiful thing to behold. I am. Um, I love her campaign manager as well. She is. She's oh. awesome, Lauren. She is. <laughs> she's great. awesome. Scary. What Scary. Team? Awesome. Yeah. Team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. What a team. Um, was it easy to to 
to cast this, you know, because you, you have Stacey, you have this incredible central figure that you're constructing a narrative around and knowing who you, you mentioned Carl Anderson, a wonderful story that you have in there and all these other fantastic voices that you brought in for, you know, to, to, to give, to give light and shade really, and to give fact and to, to deliver opinion as well. But how did you, how did you navigate that side of it in terms of casting the film and who you would use and the contributors? Well, you know, we also, we spoke with Stacy um, and solicited her ideas um, and she was a you know fantastic collaborator and opened up her address book, uh, her contact list uh, to us. When we were researching, you know, there were certain you know seminal works like you know Ari Berman um, and Carol Anderson uh, that gave great context to the history, but also the current manifestations of the uh, voter suppression, you know, tactics. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it then becomes a waterfall because, you know, you're talking to one person. They say, well, have you spoken to X? Um, and I think Liz and I were so excited about this project. We were also talking to our, our own circles who, you know, gave us some some great kernels to, to follow through on. Um, if anything, they're... We could have gone on and um, included so many more voices, but we had a, you know, a very concise timeline for delivery. Um, and uh, we certainly could have had a much longer cut. <laughs> um, but I think the unpacking of this history, the way that we did, we uh, wanted to include a broad representation of voices mm. that uh, and geographic range, uh, you know, in a in the manner that we did. How long and I'll also add beyond, you know, Stacy's address book, Lisa and I reached out to folks who don't share her ideas. You know, we reached out to Brian Kemp, her opponent in Georgia. Um, we reached out to Chris Kobach, who run Trump's um, voter fraud uh, panel. Um, a lot of those folks refused to engage with us. Um, but, you know, we had Hans von Spakovsky, who was also on that voter uh, fraud panel, did did come speak to us. So we did reach out to those. Um, but I think that um, when you haven't found evidence of voter fraud, it maybe is not the greatest thing to do to come on a documentary and talk about voter fraud when you when you don't have the receipts. It's slightly ironic, isn't it? There's this amazing kind of with with what you know, what's been, you know, the accusations that are flying around from the, the result of the election with what your film has you know, being quite clearly stated, and there's, it's. Show us the receipts, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, how long did it take you to make the film? And what was the time frame from, from rolling the camera? It, it was over a year, um, which, you know, for a doc is not the longest schedule we've ever had, but, uh, you know, we kind of, I mean, Lisa and I, obviously, there were two directors on this film. We had multiple editing rooms going. Um, we had a crack research team. So we were able to to do everything we wanted to do. Mm. And and how does that work in terms of both of you, you know, having two directors working on the film? What was what's the kind of the kind of tag team mentality of how that how it worked with the two of you? 
Well, you know, we worked together on the the architecture and the outline of the story and agreement on who we wanted to speak to. And then it's kind of a divide and conquer mentality. Um, you know, we and as we went into the edit, we also would work on different parts of the film and then we would come together and as, you know, collectively examine where we were what we had assembled and what, you know, we did our cut and paste back and forth from there. How, I imagine you had, you know, you say it could have been longer. I imagine you have like a lot of footage that, that didn't, you know, make it in the film. Um, and I wanted to ask how that editing process was. Was it, was it hard? Was it, you know, was it hard to keep certain things in and, and to keep that kind of time frame down, because I imagine you could have almost had an episodic <laughs> kind of documentary series from from this, from the the people that you could have spoke to and probably did speak to. Sure, I mean, I think you could make a um, long American history series on this. I mean, there were there are of course so many stories we did not take the space, unfortunately, to tell of heroes, villains, <laughs> you know, the whole <laughs> gamut. Um, but, you know, I think that at this moment, what was important for us was getting, um, you know, something out that was full enough to kind of really tell the story with, you know, in a thorough way, um, but also make it, you know, something that people could consume at this very important time where we're facing these issues. There also was that moment, Liz, in the spring, I remember when every single day it felt like there was something new that was happening, you know, yeah. with, with our, our story. But we did make that decision like that, unfortunately, this is this story is somewhat evergreen. You know, mm -hmm. it, it there it's not finite yet. We hope there will be a time when, you know, voter suppression will be a story of the past, but that we had to, you know, end so that we could deliver and knowing that there, the story was going to continue um with other manifestations but that the our lens on it was finished in terms of the history and Stacy's journey through it yeah and it didn't really bother I mean it was sort of like people said to us when Trump started messing around with the U.S. Postal Service oh god you know you guys you're not gonna have to be able to get that in your film and I was sort of like it doesn't matter it's the same old story it could be the U.S. Postal Service it could be um, you know, uh, voter ID laws, which disenfranchise uh, Native Americans. It's all the same. It's, you know, yeah, there are different tools in the toolbox, mm -hmm. but it's the same box. So, you know, it didn't really matter that we didn't get this, 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 this in because all of it was something we had already explored and suppressed because it's not original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it important for you in terms of making sure the film hit before you know, in a, a certain point before the election? Oh, yes. Uh, I, especially because the film works in tandem with the social impact campaign that uh, we created. Um, and there's a range of resources on the website, allinforvoting.com. Um, it's funny when you mentioned earlier about a curriculum, we actually have a Grow a Voter curriculum with history and civics lessons for, for young people. But um, you know, in addition to the educational resources, 
we did a lot of on the ground outreach, you know, meeting people where they are. So there was a multi-state bus tour that not only screened the film outdoors, uh, but also registered people. Um, you know, the micro grants to community organizations, grants to visual artists. Uh, when we started this film, we knew that the impact campaign was going to be an important companion piece. And so as far as our calendar was concerned, you know, there we needed to launch so that the resonance of the film and the outreach um, could be uh, could have the impact that was desired. What impact do you think the film has had in terms of, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it, but, it's kind of, but what, what, what do you feel personally that the, from, you know, from what you've seen and the reaction that you've had, and obviously we know we have an election result as well, but, but for, for you personally, in terms of what impact do you feel the film has had? so far well because i mean it's a wonderful film thing like you say like this this film and this this whole movement has has a life almost from this point onwards it's just the start which is fantastic yeah i mean we don't have um we're not privy to numbers of views etc but um we have our website and we have seen the engagement in our website, which Lisa and I pre-election would always plug, like check your registration. Da, da, da. Now we're not doing that because we're not, not for a little while anyway, but we had a, a we have a website where voter uh, viewers could, you know, go check their voter registration, could volunteer to be a poll worker or um, a, do a get out the vote drive or, um, you know, find out where their nearest ballot drop box was. So we could see the engagement in the film through our website. And there were millions and millions of people who came to the website to engage and get more information. Um, we also saw, you know, non-traditional documentary markets being engaged. As Lisa mentioned, this bus tour, you know, we went to Statesboro, Georgia, um, and, you know, played the film in a huge um, outdoor field for a drive-in. We played the film in Walmart parking lots on the pop-up on the side of the bus with voter registration workers, you know, right next to it in Texas. Um, so the film was used as a tool in exactly the way we had hoped. Um, and again, in non-traditional markets. Um, and, you know, that was part of our impact campaign and part of what Amazon supported um, with this film. Lisa, did you want to add anything to that? Well, I, I you know, I've always touched by, you know, Liz and I have done a lot of outreach and screenings and additionally the ones that are various, you know, we've got over 50 amazing partners from the Southern Poverty Law Center to Voto Latino, Rock the Vote, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, when you have a Q and A and someone says, I didn't know the history, I was, you know, resigned to not participating and I've actually registered and I'm going to engage in the process. Um, you know, I think however they engage, just that someone is realizing the importance and value of their participation um, is, is always heartening. Um, I just want to make sure I remind people about questions before we, um, I completely take take you monopolize you and take you all to myself and um, we do have some question time for questions so please do get them in on the the q a side as well and um, one thing is what i wanted to talk about was the 
there's it's such a clever way that you chose to um the aesthetic of the film as well <clears throat> excuse me with the kind of the little animations the use of uh of you know uh real footage of uh historical footage was was that an easy thing to make a decision on, on on how the film would look and how you would you know kind of almost chapterize it slightly and allow the audience to take a break or just have a breath or you know the construction of the film i guess yeah i mean like all documentaries it is a kind of a magic hat trick when you finally find the structure that works and you know you do a lot of um iterations and moving stuff around and um, braiding and unbraiding. And, um, and then at some point it feels like it gels. Um, you know, the, the animation that you mentioned was a real um, joy for us. We, we worked with a incredible animator um, based out of uh, Berlin um, named D Diana Ejeta. Um, and did I mispronounce Lisa? Oh, you can correct me later. Okay. Um, and, um, and, um, and, you know, one of, you know, so for the stories where there really was no archive, like the story of Macy of Snipes, who was a World War II veteran who came back, um, having fought fascists in the war and wanted to vote in Georgia, mm -hmm. um, and braved the KKK to do so, but lost his life. There was one photo of Maceo that existed. So that was the first time where we engaged with our animator to, um, to help us kind of portray the psychology and terror of that sequence. Or the sequence that you mentioned, Edith, where uh, Stacy went to the governor's mansion to call you know, because she was a valedictorian and had been uh, invited to the governor's mansion, but was denied entry at first at the door. Um, we wanted, there's no footage, of course, we wanted to feel the psychology of young Stacy confronting power like that. Um, so those were the sequences where we turned to our animator um, and of course, archival footage, original footage, all of that was in the, was in the stew. Um, I love Stacy's mom and dad. <laughs> oh, they're just, they're the best They're You could, I mean, you know, you can, they're, they're just the, the way that they talk about, you know, what they expect of their children and what they expect it was just what wonderful people, wonderful people. Yeah. We had a we we were supposed to interview them in months before, and we had to cancel. And I was like, Liz, we have to go back. We have to go back to to Georgia. They canceled. We didn't cancel. They, oh, they canceled. <laughs> I said we can't. No, they canceled. Sorry. Uh, and I was like, we have to go back. Up. We have to get them. You know, just from the telephone conversations we had, they were just so the dynamic between them and, and um, you know, what they, what they've poured into their entire family was something that was so important for us to be able to share. And mm. um, there's a lovely question coming from Victor uh, Schoenfeld who says, what was the budget for the production uh, and how long did it take from conception until the project got the green light? Um, I don't know that I'm allowed to, um, by my contract, say what the budget was. So perhaps um, I can take, uh, I can pump that. And it was about 13. Um, well, you know, as soon as Stacy came to us with this idea, we were like, we're going to make this, you know, so we actually really started working and, um, and we knew that um, we knew that we would find a home for it. So um, we started work and, uh, we had a lot of interest happily and, um, and Amazon's um, 
passion for this and knowing how hard they would help us push this to reach the kinds of markets Lisa and I were just talking about Mm -hmm. outside of film festivals or just people who subscribe to Prime um, was what made us, Lisa and I feel really great about that partnership. So so it happened pretty quickly, but, um, you know, we started work, um, you know, kind of running on fumes for, for a little while first. I wanted to ask a little bit about your your team and and picking your collaborators on this as well. You know, you mentioned your animator there as well, but but your cinematographer Wolfgang Held and and uh, Joe with the music and and whether that was, you know, you have people that you you work with regularly that you pulled in, or if there's specific collaborators you wanted to use for this particular project. Sure. Yeah, Wolfgang is a a wonderful cinematographer who I've worked with on on numerous films um, and he is just so creative and a real partner in devising a look and a strategy, a visual strategy for the film. Um, and um, what, sorry, and we were also talking, do you wanna talk about music, Lisa? We, we had a little bit of a, a journey. Um, we had some different um, contributors, um, Michelle and Gil both contributed to our score. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to add there, Lisa? Um, you know, I think our, our editor, Nancy Novak, um, and, uh, you know, Nancy, luckily for us coming into this project, she had just finished editing uh, a series about the 19th amendment when American women were granted, you know, suffrage. So she had a wonderful historical knowledge um, of story, but also of archival, because uh, oftentimes, you know, our archivist would give us something and Nancy would say, no, there's a better one of <laughs> so-and-so on a statue. Um, and um, so I think, it, you know, Nancy was just, at, and also our other, our junior editor, Crystalyn, really brought so much because we had these multiple edit rooms going and mm. there was a lot of virtual conversations happening um, and and tremendous fluidity amongst all of us. Um, ben Melbourne asked the question, to what extent did you feel a responsibility to represent both sides of any arguments considered uh, political on account of the current political polarization we are seeing globally? I think it's a great question. Um, And as I mentioned earlier in the Q&A, Lisa and I reached out to, um, I mean, when you talk about voter suppression, what, you know, what does both sides mean? Let's, let's, let's talk about what, what that means. Um, You know, there are people who say voter suppression exists and there are people who say voter suppression does not exist. Um, We have, you know, documentation from, you know, the Georgia 2018 election, for example, of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who called into the hotline talking about how they were denied the right to vote. You saw in our film, Stacey Abrams walk into vote and being told that she had already voted absentee, um, which she had not. Now she was able to fix it. She had three TV cameras behind her. She's a lawyer and the Democratic candidate. um, But there are going to be hundreds if not thousands more who, who face that. Um, and when then we talk about voter suppression historically, right? We know about the black codes. We know about literacy tests. We know about Jim Crow. So the existence of voter suppression is not really a both sides thing. Okay, so then let's talk about voter fraud, right? There are those people who say, well, the reason we need to have these strict ID laws, which 
you, Stacey, say is is part of voter suppression is because there's voter fraud. Okay, so that sounds reasonable, except there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. There are cases here and there, but there is never in our history been um, any evidence of voter fraud that has thrown any election one way or another. So when you had the president of the United States with all of his powers, you know, bringing together a commission to study this issue, they, they dissolved their commission without issuing any findings. So voter fraud is, and we're seeing it right now, today in the United States as this election is contested, saying that the vote, that the election was rigged. Uh, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump by more than Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, okay? It's, it, these are the votes. We had to accept it when we, when Democrats had to accept it when they lost in 2016, mm -hmm. Republicans are gonna have to accept it now. There is, voter fraud is not throwing our elections. There are a lot of things that are affecting our discourse, fake news, algorithms on Facebook, voter suppression, low information, mm -hmm. apathy, not great candidates. There are all kinds of things that affect our democracy, but voter fraud is not one of them. Um, listen, we're about to run out of time. I could chat to you for, for hours about this. But one thing that I wanted to say, apart from congratulations, and thank you for this film as well. I, I, I My 12-year-old is currently sitting exams all week, and I want to sit and watch this with him next week once he's got all that out of the way, because I just think it's the most wonderful film for just to feed the mind, really. I think it's wonderful. What do you think the future holds for Stacey? <laughs> Any, anything Great she eyebrow. wants. <laughs> that's that's, that's the meme that's going around. Like she can be the queen of, of, of it all. You know, I mean, you know, what's interesting is um, in addition to this amazing coalition building, She's also taken the time to write her romance and mystery novels under the Selena Montgomery pseudonym. So, um, you know, I think she will, she'll, she's going to continue to, to feed people in, on numerous levels who uh, obviously through her great work, um, but also, you know, through these, um, these mystery novels that, um, and their mystery and romance. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I foresee you you both making them into films in the future as well, possibly. Who knows? <laughs> well, Lisa and I are just excited to see what Stacey does next because, um, you know, she is a, you know, she has a tremendous, um, she's had a tremendous impact on, on our democracy already. Yeah. Um, Liz, your eyebrow raised there when I asked that question was the best answer, I think, ever to that question for the future. <laughs> um, listen, huge congratulations on, on this film and also just the start, as you say, of this this movement that just has offered so much to so many people, you know, in terms of, of what you've provided on the periphery of the film and, and behind the film as well. But massive congratulations and thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been wonderful to chat to you, Lisa and Liz, and take care and stay safe. Thanks, Edith. You too, stay safe.